from the ESPN 690 and the Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. This is not an overnight fix. This is not, you know, we're just going to snap our fingers and start winning football games. Our goal is to win football games, but we're going to do it one player, one coach, one person in the organization at a time. And I'll challenge our team, and I'll challenge our fans. It's about ownership. It's about support. It's about, it's about leadership. And that's what I'll bring to the organization. I think Doug Peterson showed an enormous amount of leadership on Saturday in a tough spot, to be quite honest. And I think he did a heck of a job. Football at 5 begins with a, my one-on-one with Doug Peterson coming up in just a moment. Uh, the other thing about Peterson, I thought he was very calculated at not setting the expectations super high. You just heard it. Uh, with the it's not a an overnight fix and he also said we are going to be a championship caliber and if you go back and listen to that part he says caliber like he says we're not going to guarantee championships but we are going to be able to play on that level I thought it was very well done uh, by Doug Peterson more on that and more uh, in with my discussion of uh, Doug Peterson coming up in just a couple of moments. do want to let you know about our Swoop Minute and the UNF Ospreys. Go to unfospreys.com. The Blue and Gray Bash 2022 is coming up on Friday, February 18th. You can buy tickets at unfospreys.com. So all the festivities just uh, about a week and a half away now. Make sure you go to unfospreys.com for the latest on that front. The men's basketball team coming off a nice road trip. They won a couple games back home on Wednesday coming up. Uh, at the arena, they will be at home 7 o'clock. I'll have the call of that one. Meanwhile, the women's basketball team also uh, back home on Wednesday. That'll be an 11 o'clock in the morning game against Bellarmine and uh, 11 a.m. at UNF Arena. So 11 a.m. and 7 p.m. for basketball on Wednesday for the UNF Ospreys. And the softball team gets going this weekend at home as well. So the spring sports uh, starting to roll out on the campuses all over the country, and that includes University of North Florida, unfospreys.com. That is your swoop minute. Brent Martineau, Austin Lane, Casey Kurtz, back here at TPC Sawgrass Players Championship Media Day. A lot going on now. It's kind of a fun time, right? You can flip everything forward. You've got the draft to look forward to. We'll have shock your mock season. You have free agency to look forward to, the combine. The Jags at least now can look forward down the road and build toward hopefully some success in flipping this thing around. And then here locally, we've got a bunch of high school things happening, college athletics, and uh, we also have the Players' Championship on the horizon. That's coming up in just about a month. Players' Media Day was today. They'll get commits today, including John Rahm, uh, Hideki Matsuyama, and Brooks Kepka. Uh, so you know it's going to be an unbelievable field. Can it be an unbelievable run for Doug Peterson? here in Jacksonville. I can tell you this, seems like a good man. We've heard all good things. Our first impression with Doug was very good, not just because of the ice cream, by the way. I think he handled himself well. I think he's going to be very personable. I think he's going to be a guy that you see in town, and you're going to love to meet him and see him and talk to him. It's going to be genuine. I think he's that guy. I really do. And so I think those things are really good. There's other things that need to be fixed inside the Jags organization. But this is a good guy to fix it. He knows what it's supposed to look like. He's been around good organizations, been around other good coaches. I think Doug Peterson is the right fit right now for the Jacksonville Jaguars, no matter how we got here. Here's my conversation from Saturday afternoon with the new head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Welcome to Jacksonville. And uh, 
I know you took a year off, but what has you fired up about being in this stadium today and being in this city now? Well, for me, getting fired up is obviously having another opportunity, and I'm so thankful for, you know, Shad Khan and the family to, to, you know, entrust me with this opportunity to be the head coach here in Jacksonville. And, 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 then, and then really, too, the type of players that, that they've put together, they've assembled a great group of guys, a great group of youngry, uh, hungry, young uh, athletes that they just want to win. They, they love football and they want to win. And, that, and that's what draws, I, I think, the best out of me, and it's going to draw the best out of them. So that, that, that gives me gets me fired up getting back into it. This has been a long process to watch unfold. It's been a long couple of years here in Jacksonville, really. But from your lens, from December 30th to Thursday night or Thursday when you got offered the job, what did it look like? You know, it was a long, exhaustive process, as we as we said earlier, and and I can appreciate the fact that they want they they being you know Shad and Trent and, and Tony, and they, they want to make this right. They want to make it a place where the the fans can be proud and, and fill this stadium and, and and support the guys. And and you know, the one thing I've learned in in really five years and even my career as a player is it's never been about one guy. You know, football's a team sport, and and that's something that I, I see that with this with this group and with this organization structure. It's it's a family it's team um, and we got to promote that first and and that's why I'm I'm excited that's why the process was probably longer than, than people wanted but but they uh, you know they did their due diligence and, and they interviewed some great candidates and uh, you know I'm just just fortunate to be to be here today yeah listen I'm a positive guy in town but I can't deny that it's been negative around here for the last five or six months did you have to put blinders on at all in this process from the noise that maybe you would hear or see on the TV or or listen to people around the league you have to you have have to you have to block out the noise in this league and and, and we get it there's a there's a lot of a lot of there's media outlets there's social media there's a lot of a lot of ways that the uh, the message is being portrayed and, and a lot of opinions and and you know it's just something that you've got to me personally I'm, I'm big about once I get in there I'm gonna start building the relationships and start you know that's where you start the trust process with everything and so yeah for me it was about blocking out everything because I mean, teams that are going through head coaching changes, and you look around the league, other than maybe the Saints, where, where Sean Payton retired. I mean, you know, there, there's there's been a, there's been a breakdown somewhere. And even even in my case in Philadelphia, as I was let go, there's there's going to be a breakdown somewhere, and that's what we're trying to fix, and that's what we're trying to avoid in the future. How big is this hiring process for you now? Obviously, you just went through it. You obviously have something in mind because you wouldn't have been getting back in the league without some people in mind. But that part of it hasn't always gone right here in Jackson over the last decade or so. How important is that? It's very important to me. It's 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 kind of everything, you know. Quite frankly, the men, the men and, and, and women, really that, that I want to surround myself with to help build this build this team, and and you know, along with the players that, that we're going to select later this this spring, and, and obviously the the practices and things like that. But the whole process itself is is so important. Um, and it's everything. It's everything that we do, and that's why we get into this business. And ultimately, you know, uh, I was fortunate to win a championship in Philly, and and that's that's what you're striving to get to. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, you're sitting on your couch on a Sunday afternoon or this job starts popping up in your mind. What are you visualizing in your offense what Trevor looks like? Yeah, I mean, you know, things things really start, you know, the, the wheels start start turning in, in your mind and, and, and the, the type of offense that we ran in Philly and used it with Carson Wentz and even with Nick Foles and the, the successes that we had, you know, and we were in the postseason three out of three out of those five years there in Philly. And, you know, I, I start putting Trevor in that in that situation, right, and, and how – 
how we built the pieces around him and, and how we can utilize his strengths, you know, as, as, a, as a quarterback and uh, make him the best best person that, that he can be and, and, and a great leader for this team. Lastly, what's up with this ice cream fetish, man? Where did it come from? <laughs> I, could, I tell you, I just love ice cream. Vanilla, I don't care what flavor, what, uh, what, who makes it, whatever. it's just vanilla ice cream. And, and um, you know, where I've come from in my past, not just Philadelphia, but KC, Green Bay as a player, we always had ice cream, you know, on a, on a Saturday night at the team hotel. So uh, I've just kept the tradition alive and kind of kind of tweaked it to my own uh, to my own little little uh, niche, I guess. Ice cream for everyone. Congratulations. Thank you very much. Well, that is Doug Peterson. A few minutes uh, with the head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars, and you know I, I gotta believe him sitting on that couch, man, watching games and seeing Trevor Lawrence and knowing this is possible. And by the way, the nugget of last year that Shad Khan reached out to Peterson and he didn't want to get back in the NFL. We didn't know that until Saturday's news conference. I thought that was interesting, uh, but. Maybe a quote that I just caught during that conversation, and I want your take on this, guys. Peterson, when I asked him about assembling a staff, he said, quote, the men and women I want to surround myself here is everything. Yeah. Could we see a woman part of Peterson's staff? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I don't see why not. You know, I mean, there's... Um, they're starting to be prevalent on a lot of staffs, I feel like, in the NFL in some sort of capacity. So yeah. I could definitely see that, whether, you know, it's in terms of coaching, um, you know, as part of his coaching staff, maybe a strength and conditioning staff, whatever the case may be. I can definitely see that. Yeah, but like you said, it's more prevalent and it shouldn't be like, oh, my gosh, like, wow, that'd be like set a, a new league standard. And by the way, Doug might have just been mentioning, you know, the women – um, at, at every different level, from nutrition standpoint to this standpoint, that people that we don't see on the sidelines per se, you know, um, because there are there have been women involved in the organization here in Jacksonville on a countless different levels. Uh, but I did when I heard that, I was like, hey, that'd be kind of cool, right? Like if we've seen it in I think uh, Tampa and Arizona of note. I'm probably missing others, but those uh, San Francisco, I'm pretty sure. Yes, yeah. that's correct. Uh, yeah, so. Uh, yeah, I think that'd be kind of neat. That'd be kind of cool. So um, we'll see how far-reaching his search is for uh, his staff. But uh, listen, nothing earth-shattering from Doug Peterson, but I think it, it's uh, it, it just shows you how he feels about this job and about getting back into it. And what I like is he's got an energy to get back into it. I think what's really hard is if you take a year away from anything to get back into this line of work. I mean, his handicap was down to like a 4.3, man. Like, you can sit on the golf course. He's got plenty of money. Yeah. And and stay down there in Jupiter and just have some fun and don't worry about it stress-free. He's 54 years old, just turned 54 at the end of last month. I like his energy about getting back into it. You better bring that now. If you're going to get back into it, you better have an energy. What's really two crazy things – well, not crazy. One's not crazy. The two things that are really interesting to me about the these hires, and I said this, I think, on Friday – Shad Khan, I think now, and I almost wish I asked him this question Saturday, he wants some kind of championship pedigree because Tom Coughlin had won a couple Super Bowls. He hired him to a premier position. Then Urban Meyer had won all those national titles, and so he hired him as a coach. And now Doug Peterson has to stand out that he won a Super Bowl. And so there's something in common, and that's not a bad thing. The resume says, hey, this guy's pretty qualified, so let's go get it. He knows what it's like to be at the top. Shad Khan even referenced that uh, in the news conference on Saturday. I think what's also pretty interesting about those same hires I just mentioned, Austin, is all three gentlemen were like out of the league before they came here to Jackson. Yeah. 
like Coughlin had been out of it. Now he's working in the NFL office a little bit, but that was seemed very like, like a token job, you know, uh, not like in the weeds like this thing was. Urban obviously was out of it doing TV, and now Doug Peterson takes a break and comes out of it. Just a, I don't know what that means. I don't know what it says. Just kind of an, a weird irony of the last three hires, championship pedigree, and taking a break. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just it goes to show you. I mean, obviously, resume is a big thing. And, you know, whether it's the Jaguars or really any team um, in the NFL, set aside from the Houston Texans that they go with Josh McCown. But, like, resumes are, they mean a lot. And, and your history and your success does mean a lot. So, yeah, I mean, there's a reason why guys usually get poached from coaching staffs like Bill Belichick or Andy Reid. It's because they've had a lot of success. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I'm not necessarily surprised. I mean, it is kind of a little, fun little tidbit. But, yeah, I'd rather have that than, you know, get a bunch of guys that have come from, with all due respect, but, like, the Detroit Lions or the Cleveland Browns the past, couple, you know, the past decade or so. Well, and again, Austin, I think this, is worth, this has been something I've been stuck on. I've used my bottom-of-the-barrel reference with the Trent Baalke thing or even with the, the design that the Jags have had over the last few years that would these guys have the same position, not working in the NFL, would they have the same position at other organizations? And I think you can make the case they would not. And for me, that's a little problematic. If I'm a, an organization that's in the bottom of the league, why am I picking from the bottom of the barrel candidates that other people probably wouldn't employ in those same spots? Like, I, I don't think that makes sense to me. If I want to be great, I'm going to try to get greatness and, and try to get people that everybody covets. And I think that's the way to do it. But at least this time, that mold has been broken because I believe Doug Peterson should have been in the mix for, like, every one of these jobs that was available. Now, he wasn't, but he was in, in some of them. Yeah. And I do believe if Doug Peterson, for some reason, didn't get hired in this cycle, I think he would have been hired in the next cycle. So I think at least that breaks that whatever trend of, okay, why is this guy here in Jacksonville but wouldn't be anywhere else? Like, Peterson doesn't feel that way. In fact, I'm not convinced the Saints wouldn't have hired him if the Jaguars did not. No, he doesn't feel that way at all, you know, and, and if that's the case, and that's kind of what Shad Khan's into, then more power to Shad Khan. I mean, you know, I think there's there's worse characteristics to choose a staff or, or a front office than guys who have Super Bowl winning mentalities. Um, but, you know, you, you can't forget, though, as well. I mean, we could assume here, because we don't know for a fact, but we could assume that a guy like Nathaniel Hackett, a guy like Aberflus, um, and a guy like Byron Leftwich were ahead of Doug Peterson. Now Leftwich, he's got his own Super Bowl. Um, Hackett, you know, was close to going, but um, couldn't get there. And then I don't think Everflus has one, does he? No. Not just like as an assistant or anything. I don't believe thing? so. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, you got to keep that in consideration as well. Yeah. Um, good call. All right, I got one more question for you, at least for now, on this front. Does like, who knows who's going to be the number one overall pick? I think we're going to talk about that for the next two months, two and a half months. We're going to really turn our attention to that now. Like, we even got to flirt with the roster last week a little bit. Now we really get to talk about the roster now that the coach has been hired. Uh, so that's nice. But do you think in any way, shape, or form, Doug Peterson being hired as opposed to, let's go with the like a Leftwich or an Eberflus or, or a Hackett, who were kind of in the mix, it looked like, um, does that change how you look at the draft at all? Do you think it changes what they might do in the draft? From an offensive tackle to a leap at a wide receiver to a pass rusher? Or, or do you think it, it probably didn't really matter too much 
what coach got hired, who they might pick? I mean, I don't think it mattered too much um, whether it was an offensive-minded guy or, or a defensive-minded guy. And then this more comes to – because we really – I mean, I can sit here and say it's going to come down to Hutchinson and Thibodeau. You know, like that, that's what I consider and say right now. But I don't know if someone's going to show up to the combine – if Evan Neal shows up and absolutely blows the doors off of which I don't even know what that would look like because you're an offensive tackle. So what? If you run a fast 40-yard dash, you can bench press 225 a ridiculous amount of times. I mean, does that really increase your draft stock at all? I don't think it should. I mean, I, I think film um, should be the end-all, be-all, especially when we talk about an offensive tackle. But I don't think, depending on who the coaches are, is going to influence who this team takes or if they trade down or the case may be because – at this standpoint where we sit right now, I mean, I think it's down to Hutchinson and Thibodeau and then possibly a wild card of Evan Neal or another offensive tackle. Like, that's what I think. Now, with Doug Peterson, like, does he try to go out of his way to help out Trevor Lawrence even more and pick an offensive tackle or trade down and, and get more weapons? That could be a scenario. But I think if the Jaguars stick at number one, I still think it might be either, you know, Hutchinson or Thibodeau. Yeah, that's interesting. I wonder how many – I think there are a lot of people that think Neil could be the guy, uh, but it just crossed my mind. I, I mean, I understand we can go – like, I think if – what I really would wonder, if you thought, like, an offensive tackle would be the guy, right, Shifted to a pass rusher. But you kind of think there's going to be a pass rusher anyway, so that's not really a fair question for you. Yeah. So I, I just wonder if that would kind of change things. Or does does a Doug Peterson be, see, like, the value of a receiver and be like, oh, it doesn't matter, we got to go get one. <laughs> you know, if we didn't get one in free agency, we're going to go yeah, get one. Yeah, like, I mean, hey, taking a receiver I'm, number one overall would be pretty risky. Yeah, no, I know. I'm just, like, yeah. blowing it out of the water here, you know. But I am I just wonder. And, by the way, it might not only be at number one because I think this question might be a little more valuable as you go on, right, at 33 and at 65. And we all believe anyway, and I think a lot of people in the fan base believes, and we're aligned here, that go get help for Trevor. Right, Go get help for Trevor. What are you going to do to build this offense? And I understand there's places to build on defense, but go get help for Trevor. Well, I think Peterson now accentuates that. I, but you got to remember, now they were, they were interviewing like eight out of the ten guys, I think it was, were offensive coaches. So like we would have had this conversation probably about all of them or most of them. Yeah. And so I think the emphasis is going to be on o- offense anyway. But with Peterson, like the conversation we had on Friday about like tight ends, does the emphasis in free agency go a little bit more on tight ends, you know, because he likes to utilize them, and he looks at his, his, his tape in, of these 17 games and is like, what the hell is this? Like, we need more, you know? Yeah. Like, I think that part is, is fascinating with Peterson, and we'll have nothing to compare it to, but uh, that's where I think he should have some influence on, on what it looks like, what he should do. And, and let me, I'll say this because I've been very consistent with this over the years, and this is why I think um, – this is where I think they've they, – I said this about Gus Bradley. I think Gus Bradley messed up on two th- occasions. Like, you might not have ever been a great coach for everybody, but I think that he really messed up in two areas. One, hiring Jed Fish. So that goes to staff. Made the wrong call. Like, he just made the wrong call. Wasn't a good fit here. And it wasn't a good fit with Bortles. It just didn't work. And so then you started this revolving door of offensive coordinators. Number two was he was a defensive guy that took three years to get his defense any good. Or halfway good. If you're an offensive guy, you better start getting your offense good right away. And I think Peterson needs to do that. Like, if you give up points, well, you know what? You can fix that. And you can fix that overnight sometimes. 
But if I'm an offensive guy, I need my offense playing well. I need to get off a good start there. I can't wait two, three years to fix the offense of the Jacksonville Jaguars. So I, I, let's see if Doug Peterson does that. He might have naturally done it anyway, but I think that's where Doug should start and uh, making sure that offense is pretty good. Uh, don't yeah. make some of those same mistakes. Go ahead, sir. No, speaking of the same mistakes as well, it was really cool to see James Robinson uh, introduce himself to Doug Peterson so Doug Peterson knows who James Robinson is. <laughs> so when it's, you know, I don't know, the sixth, seventh game of the season, and it's maybe third and one, and Doug Peterson's like, hey, do we have a running back? Oh, that's right. We got the guy that I met the very first day in Jacksonville named James Robinson. So I, I thought it was a, a great strategic move on James Robinson's part to remind the head coach just who he is and that he's part of the Jacksonville Jaguars team. Well, I'll take you inside a tweet, too. I took some heat for not mentioning James because the players had met him. Yeah. And so I retweeted the Jags. But somebody earlier had told me, like, hey, LaVisca and James. And, and so I was rattling off in my mind, and I didn't remember James. I didn't even really look at the video. I just oh, saw you, Trevor shaking hands with You're Peterson. better than that, Brent. I know. And that's a dangerous thing, right? You're I was just like, that. oh, they told me these guys were all there. I just saw Trevor in the picture. I love you, James. I love you, man. Sorry. I missed you there. Dang, and I you know the show are. for you, too. I know. And you Listen. disrespect. Him. I mean, we had like a viral moment. With James. We love James. But uh, I hope James do well. We did see actually an image, I think, on Jaguars.com. He was in a boot and getting down the hallway. Um, but obviously still a long recovery to go uh, for James Robinson. We'll be back. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Hey, guess what? It's Super Bowl week. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> they will mention it when we come back on ESPN 690. That, that they took time to get to this decision today makes me even more proud that, yes, I was the first candidate interviewed, and yes, I was the last candidate interviewed. And, and in between, there were a lot of great candidates. A lot of great candidates could be sitting here, you know, today. That is Doug Peterson, Brett Martin, along with Austin Lane, Casey Kurtz. All right, hey, elephant in the room. How many people did they offer the job to? Austin. Or come really close. Ooh. Like, what, what, uh, maybe this is a better way to say it. What number choice was Doug Peterson? Mm. Is that a fair question to ask? It's a fair question. I mean, offers, like, I don't know. Like, I'm well, pretty yeah, like, sure. Uh, yeah. I, I well, know. Offers are, it's very. Well, semantic. offers different than, like, <laughs> choice. But, like, yeah. if we're going off of choice, I would say he was the fourth. You know, I agree with you. Yeah. I agree with you. Yep. Um, and and do we agree that like we think like some order left which Hackett and Eberflus? Yes. And possibly Tim Tebow. <laughs> but, but I think he was busy. So get him off the list. But yeah, I mean, I, I think I think those three guys were in serious consideration. And I guess just to put a bow on the conversation, if Trent Bulky was a sticking point for Peterson. Did he get desperate for a job, or did the idea of restructuring the front office save the day? Ooh, that's a good question. I think maybe a combination of both, but I think the restructuring came out of desperation to get Doug Peterson, yeah. I think it was to the point with the Jaguars organization where you were starting to run out of candidates. You know, and, and I think you're getting a little desperate. So I think they were a little more flexible of 
what they wanted to do going forward. And I think maybe Spielman might have been part of that, whoever it's going to be. We're not even sure yet. But, you know, the EVP might have been part of that. But, yeah, I think it was, hey, we have to get somebody now because we're starting to lose all our candidates. Yeah, it's, it'll be, you know, again, we're not, I'm chicken over the egg, right? Like, we're not really sure, like, what's how this all transpired. The details were a little, are a little murky still. Um, and I'll give you one more. Like, are you convinced that Trent Baalke will be in place in the front office like the entire 2022? I mean, I'm convinced that you're going to owe us an apology at the Combine, but... Yeah, that's that's um, fair. I, I think that will be the case. Yep. Um, that's a good question. See, uh, uh, and I've been pretty... It's a tough question, No, it, it See, is. See, I didn't save them just for Saturday. No, no, for sure. But uh, I've been pretty consistent about how I feel about this. I think if you're Shad Khan and you went through all of this with Trent Baalke and you survived all the optics, you still got Doug Peterson... I have a hard time that you went through all of this just to cut, cut Trent Balky after the draft. I think if that was a possibility, then you would have let him go after the season, find a new GM real quick, and then let him, you know, do the draft. So I think the fact that he has tied Trent Balky along the entire time, I think that's a sign that Trent Balky is going to be your general manager in 2022. Yeah, like, listen, Trent answered that question by saying, hey, I think – I had a vote of confidence. So I knew right from the start I was going to be the guy. I was like, do we really ever know? Like, you might have thought. But, <laughs> but he answered that pretty succinctly, you know. Like, he didn't buzz around that question. He was like, yeah, I knew right away. I had a vote of confidence. And uh, sometimes, by the way, vote of confidences aren't, aren't great. There, I will tell you this. The reason <laughs> yeah. I asked that question is because there was a moment in the news conference, and quite frankly, I can't even remember when. But live in the news conference, when I'm watching it unfold and I'm thinking – you know, I'm not sure Trent's going to be here after the draft. Really? It, yeah, and, and it was just like this moment, and I can't even remember what set it off. I'd have to go back and watch and feel it again and see it, what, what spot that hit me. Uh, there was a lot going on, like, during that conference, in my mind at least. But I, I actually thought that. I was like, I'm not convinced here that he's sticking through this. And I could see him sticking through the draft, and some of those thoughts that people were saying about him sticking just through the draft could be correct. Um, but I also... There were a couple of odd things in this whole thing. I wasn't sure the smartest thing to do was to roll Trent out there as part of this. Like you said earlier in the show, maybe Shad should have come out first, answered some of these other things, and then roll Peterson out, you know, and, and introduce him. Um, like, I just don't – the three of them there all at once was kind of – made made it a bit awkward at, at times. And so I had these varying thoughts as the whole thing was going. Like, it was like I was on a boat, you know, rocking well, back and forth. And, yeah. And – and then the other thing I thought was really odd about the whole thing, Austin, is, and 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 you could really read into this, like, is Trent really going to be a part of it? Is when new coach gets hired, they usually have like a photo op, like they usually sit there and pose for pictures, okay. like Shad, Peterson, Trent. This is the organization going forward. Like, are they going to do that when they hire the rest of the front office? Did they just not do that? Did they just want to get it over? Is Trent really not for certain going to be a part of it going forward? Like, these things all ran through my mind because I thought it was a little odd that we didn't see that, like, photo opportunity. Like, welcome, Doug Peterson, you know? Well, you're all asking the hard questions. I don't want a photo opportunity either in that moment. <laughs> and that might have been I it. I would have gave a couple middle fingers and walked out of here. I'm like, kidding me? <laughs> 
You kidding me right now? That's, that's some truth to that. You now. kidding me? I'm, I'm going to smile through this? I, I think no. there was an element of that, by the way, that the organization was like, let's do this. Let's get it done. This is not going to be a. This is going to be a little bit weird, and and let's move on to Monday. Oh man, <laughs> you, know? I mean, you, you better believe. Like if I was Sean Conn halfway through that thing, and you guys were grilling me, I, I would have had to throw an audible. And be like, and guess what? We're getting new jerseys, by the way. I wouldn't even have the, the new jerseys mocked up yet, but I would have just dropped a, a new jerseys bomb just so people could kind of get off my case a little bit. That's what I would have done. You know, <laughs> if I was advising Sean Conn, I'd hit like a little button in his ear. And go, okay, it's time for the new jerseys. Yeah, but he'd be like, we don't have a mock-up. Shot, that's fine. Just say we're getting new jerseys. We'll figure it out. We'll talk to Nike. We're only one of 32 teams. Just don't worry about it. You saw what the commanders did. We're not going to go down that road. Just oh, boy. hitting the button. Okay, we're all good here. That's what I would have did. But that's it's just me. Unveil. But, no, but get, getting back to the press conference. Hey, the, yeah, by the way, yeah, that yeah. was the ice cream. <laughs> nice old J on the front of the helmet. Yeah, yeah, man, everything's better with, with some ice cream. You know, like, I remember back like, when, when my fish died, oh, here's a nice popsicle. It's all good. He's in heaven. Enjoy a popsicle, Oz. Okay. I'll miss him. I'm crying, but this popsicle tastes pretty good. All good. But now, when we talk about, you know, Shad Khan and Trent Balky and Doug Peterson going out there together, and yeah, I do question a little bit, but to me, you know, I get the message they're trying to prevail and that they're all in this together, Right. Um, uh, I think who, whoever's call it was, it was the PR, was it Shad Khan himself? But, like, they want to pervade the fact of, okay, there's been bad optics around this team. We got our head coach. We have Trent Baalke. And, you know, I'm the owner right now, and we're all in this together, and, you know, we're going to face this head on. Like, I, I respect for trying to take that route. Um, you know, I mean, that's, that's props to whoever's idea that was. I just think, though, that it, it came across a little awkward and maybe a little miscontrived just because, yeah, you're all in this together, but Doug Peterson's not even really aware maybe of everything that's happened. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's kind of the he's kind of like the new kid in school. He, he doesn't know where all the classrooms are at and everything. Um, you can't throw so much at him. So I get what the message was trying to be. I just didn't think it was executed uh, to the best that it could have been. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a, it, it, there's a lot to dissect. Listen. I think that you could teach a class on what just took place over the last couple months in Jacksonville. I yeah. really do. And uh, if you're, I, I don't want to, I brush over it a little bit and talk about it because it's fascinating to me. And I'm not saying who's right, wrong, all the rest. I, I like talking about it. I think it's interesting. I think some of those things from a PR perspective, from an optic perspective, from the fans, like, again, I tweeted the other night. I meant it. Like, I think it was real. Like, I could, I could do a whole show on that. I think it was wild these last couple months. Um, and so to what you, what you just said is it's there's a lot going on and a lot to predict on how people are going to react. And um, But again, I, I above everything else, I do think at least we can turn forward a little bit and start looking ahead now that Doug Peterson's a part of it. There was a sense that the Jags wanted to do the same yeah. on Saturday. Let's get in and out of here on a Saturday afternoon <laughs> and uh, and get on with it. No, and for hopefully sure. start uh, doing some good things around here. No, and absolutely. Hopefully that will be the case. And, and you know, and I'm not trying to cut any endorsements or anything like that, but shout out to Swan's Ice Cream uh, and Swan's Popsicles because the, the Popsicle got me through my, my fish dying when I was a kid. And then the, the, the Swan's Push-Ups. You ever, you ever have a push-up before? Oh, push-up pop. Well, this time you had a push-up, man. Push-up pop, but oh. I remember Push-ups go hard. In the Flintstones. Oh, yeah, man. So pop, we, right? saw, we saw the, the, the Schwann's Raspberry one. Shout out to the Schwann's oh, Raspberry yeah. push-ups for getting me through a hard time when, when my dog Jordan, go figure his name was Jordan, uh, passed away as well. Got me through some hard times there. Yeah, that's Went from problem. dog to fish. I'm well, sorry to hear No, that. It, it was fish to dog. Oh. 
Yeah, it was the fish first and the dog. Just a lot of pain overall. No, I mean, hey, it's you know, it's it's, it's part of growing up as a kid, man. You learn those life lessons. That's true. Simple hey, but hey, it's, but let it be known right now. But whenever it's my time, hopefully it's years and years from now, everyone's getting pushed to my <laughs> funeral, dude. Yeah. Everyone's going to be crying, tears. I can't believe it. I, I didn't see that. Oh, here's a push-up, dude. Like, check underneath your seats. You know what the preacher's going to do? Here's what we're going to do, man. Casey, make a note of this and put this in the archives. Okay. Once again, whenever it happens, hopefully it's years and years from now. But at my funeral, man, hopefully it's not too somber. But if it's somber, you know, I probably go out snowboarding when I'm 70 years old or something like that. And I, I break my back and it's I, I freeze to death. Whatever oh the case may be. But when we're going through the, you know, the sad part, the eulogy and everything, and people are crying, at the end, I want the pastor to go, oh, and by the way, Austin gave me one last message. Check underneath your seats. And they're going to pull out popsicles. Now, hopefully it's in the wintertime back in Wisconsin, so they're still frozen. Well, but if, if they're not, then, it is yeah. what it is. Yeah, exactly. But check underneath your seats, and, there, and there's going to be a swan's raspberry um, push-up or popsicle for everybody. <laughs> so Austin's funeral is sponsored by Schwann. Schwann's ice cream, man. Oh, that was the stuff growing up as a kid. Huh. Yeah, I'll, I'll take note. Yeah, man, thank By you. By the way, I love this idea. Like, funeral homes don't make enough money. <laughs> so now you go like, this is awesome. Like, my funeral is sponsored by Uncrustables. Dude, imagine, imagine being a, this is so messed up we're talking about this, but imagine being a funeral home and, like, you know, you're, you're trying to consult the loved ones. And, oh, and by the way, in case you guys were wondering, we, we have a, a long list of items here. If you, if you guys want to purvey maybe some push-ups, we have some uh, peanut butter and jelly sandwiches to try to lighten the mood a little bit. Uh, we have sponsors, so just please let us know and please select what, what you would like there. Brent I like that. A, Casey was a big spicy nacho guy for Doritos. <laughs> <laughs> but don't have the cool ring. Brent, I, I, I think we're on we to something. Be, uh, yes. We're, we're, we're going to cater funerals. <laughs> we're going to cater funerals. <laughs> that's not, that's not a, I mean, it's, it's morbid, but it's not that bad of an idea. Hey, by the way, you know what? You'll never go out of business. You'll never go out of business. <laughs> oh, man. It's true. <laughs> I, I have no idea I'm how dead. we got here. Oh, <laughs> I have no idea. I have no idea how we got here, but we're geniuses for it. Oh. <laughs> like, the best segment ever in three years of this hey, radio show. Brent, use some of your connections. <laughs> let's go on Shark Tank next week. Let's pitch this, and let's do this, man. Let's go. We got it. Yep. All right. Uh, maybe we'll come back and talk about the Super Bowl. All right. Probably get Doritos there, too. We'll be back. <laughs> Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. <laughs> One of the reasons uh, we had the search was not only looking for the head coaching candidate, but really to learn about other organizations. I mean, that's a byproduct of the coaching search. So some of the practices, some of the structure that works, you know, we got a great insight into it. And uh, so strengthening the football operations, more staff, I definitely, I mean, that's part of our goal. That is Shad Khan from Saturday. And listen, I give Shad, and it's a, it's a dangerous thing to say. Uh, last time I said something like this, there were there was a lot of awful. Well, here we go. Um, but I, I, I give him credit on Saturday for this. One, admitting that they need to look into these other candidates and find out what other organizations are doing to be successful because most of the time candidates are coming from successful organizations. And so you have to have at least the vulnerability to do that and know that you're not doing everything right. It just has been unlucky. 
You know, you have to at least acknowledge that. It mm -hmm. can't be in denial about what you've been doing. And I think that they had to take some of those steps. And then, again, the, re the, the learning part of, hey, this is what other teams are doing in their front office. We probably should do it, too. If that's the step that comes out of this whole process, in addition to Doug Peterson, then I think that at least there was some education involved for Shad Khan, who has not had a, a, a lot of success as an owner. Yeah. So that's where I give him some credit here, that at least he could look at himself, look at the team. Now, th did he do it to the degree that other people want him to? Probably not, but at least he did it to some degree, and now we're going to see something different, and hopefully this different works. Yeah, to me, I mean, and I get it, it's just one player, but it's a very important player. To me, the Doug Peterson signing shows that you took care of Trevor Lawrence. Now, whether or not Lawrence had really any input on this whole coaching process and this search, I mean, we may never know fully, but, but I can sit here today, you know, on a Monday after the press conference and say, I, I think Trevor's in better hands now than when he was with Urban Meyer. Yeah. And, and, and you like that. You know, and then as far as what this is going to look like down the line now with the EVP and everything, like, yeah, I mean, it's not like the Jaguars just discovered a formula, like, we're going to try that. I mean, a lot of teams, you know, have done this, and they've had success doing that. And, you know, the Jaguars did for a time have success doing that with Coughlin back in 2017, and then what happened happened. But I guess, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to knock the hustle in saying we're going to keep on trying to swing at this until we get it right. Now, it's been a lot of swings. Right. I mean, the, the inning should be over by now. Um, it's been a lot of swings, but like hopefully this is the one that you finally get the home run with, you know? Yeah, I hear you. Um, that's, a, that's a good analogy. Brett Martineau, Austin Lane, Casey Kurtz. Casey, quick update. Uh, we did not finish first. I don't know what place we finished, but somebody was 20 under. I Thank think we were 18 under. Ooh. No doubt. Sorry, guys. The question is, did we cheat today at all? Casey? I, I don't think so. I don't think we did. Dude, when you write an eight on your scorecard multiple times, you're not cheating. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, but, but only the one score really mattered, you know, so. Hey. But I don't huh? think we cheated. Like, we didn't even, like, have gimme putts and stuff like that. Like, we we did everything right. Yeah. Wait, so who did y'all, so it was Marcel, Casey, and who was the, the fourth? Uh, John Bachman. Okay, and how did John do today? Well, John... I'm sure he was looking good, regardless. Yeah, John did yeah. okay. Like, John does better than he thinks he does. Like, he has higher expectations, but he did okay. well. And But then he had to leave at, like, the thir 12th hole. Yeah, Maybe very like early on after hole. we made the turn. Oh, wow. And, and so, you guys couldn't give me the hot tag. <laughs> yeah, you guys used, can give me the hot tag. We could have used you and your handicap. Long probably. ball express coming down the line, <laughs> coming down number 17. Okay. All right. Um, but anyway, yeah, we, we, we acquitted ourselves nicely, I thought. Uh, overall, nice. So, and we missed some. Like we could have won that thing, Casey. Yeah, we, we could have. And I'm like, gonna, I'm gonna put it on my shoulders. It was my fault, uh, mostly because I'm horrible and didn't play well. Nah, not really. It's probably more Marcel's nope. fault. Okay, yeah, I like that. Well, Casey, it's not a lot better than my experience when it was me on the Jaguars team golf outing and I had Joe Cullen breathing down my neck the entire time <laughs> saying I, I got to hit fun. it better. Is there anything worse than when, when a coach is in your face saying, hey, you're not good at golf, but the coach himself <laughs> is even worse than you are? And that coach is, like, really was, your coach. He was, no, he's really my coach, and he's so bad. And, like, you know, like, come on, Lane, you got to get that one. Okay, Joe, we just hit two in the water, so what are you trying to tell me? Yeah. What would have messed that day? Wasn't I had Tyson in my group, too. You know, Tyson didn't say a word, so that helped me anything whatsoever. 
Uh, by the way, I will tweet that video of Casey and of Please Marcel. They're big moments. That will be fun. Please All right, do. hey, before we get out of here, uh, we're live at TPC Sawgrass Players Championship Media Day today. Players Championship a uh, month away. Obviously, big stuff with Doug Peterson. We'll continue to talk about it. And now we push forward into the, the acquisition of talent, hopefully, for the Jacksonville Jaguars to turn this thing around. But it is Super Bowl week. I mean, I don't feel it yet, Austin. It's weird for me because I'm not going out there in these last two now. I haven't been. I went for like 10 straight years. And so there's a little bit of that going on. But I'll tell you who can't wait for Super Bowl week, and that's the NFL. Yeah. I mean, my goodness, have they had a bad week. <laughs> and and so they can't wait to see some football, yep. you know. Um, but where are you at? I mean, you, you fired up for this game? I mean, do you? it's a Super Bowl. Everybody's going to watch and be fired up at, on Sunday. Yeah. But I, I don't know. I just don't f- Is it because the coaching stuff has taken so long for everybody that we're not really, like, hyped up yet about it? No, man. I mean, I'm definitely hyped up, especially after that Pro Bowl where I watched, like, two minutes of it. <laughs> Because, like, I mean, I was just glancing through the TV, turn on the Pro Bowl, and, man, you want to talk about just not appealing. I mean, I almost went on the Kardashians to watch because it was so ridiculous. I I know, I was that desperate. I think at the end of the day, though, Brent, like, I'm intrigued because you got Matthew Stafford on one end who, you know, just a face who never really got his just due in Detroit, who cannot finally maybe accomplish that goal. Um, especially at home in L.A. And then you got a guy in Joe Burrow who just, you know, drips swagoo. Um, it's like, you know, could be the future, if you will. So, like, you just got two different stories at the quarterback position, the young gun versus the experienced vet, you know, the, the Rams and Cooper Cup and their, you know, their defense versus the underdog in, in Cincinnati. And I think that, that's always a good Super Bowl kind of look when you have a favorite and you got the underdog. Yeah, we'll talk more about it as the week goes along. As we finish this show, check your Twitter. <laughs> They'll find it oh, with a mic him. drop. He's got the push pops. The push ups. <laughs> Those are it right there. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. man. That's the oh, mic drop moment man. of the show. Man, that's great. a mic drop. Yeah, there Duff we go. Uh, good looking out, dude. Yeah, I hope everybody has a good rest of the night. Casey and Brian Middleton. Coming up, Action Sports Shacks OT. Try to top that stuff right there, Casey. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, that's coming up on Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. Back at it tomorrow at 3 o'clock as well. Thanks for hanging with us on a Monday, everybody. Have a good night.